Warning, this podcast contains strong language, mentions of disordered eating, mental health and other bits and bobs. If diet culture has your brainwash, clap your hands. If you've suffered from weight stigma, clap your hands. If you're sick of weight loss tales and looking down upon the scales, if diet culture has your brainwash, clap your hands. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the podcast that is here. Um, yes, it's been a while because the world has been scary and horrible and I don't like it. So I've been staying in my bed, which is totally fine. So I'm going to use my platform of this very small amount of people. Please wear a fucking mask. It's not difficult. I don't care if you're an anti-masker. Don't be a bellend. Thank you very much. Now, this week, as promised, we're going to be talking about binge eating and intuitive eating. Again, there may be some of you out there going, but Sydney, what is... I'm going to decide that this is how you all sound now when you ask questions. I will continue. But Sydney, what is binge eating and intuitive eating? I hear you ask. Now, we're going to break these down into two different things because they are two different things. So let's start with binge eating or binge eating disorder. Now, before I start with this, it's very important to know that binge eating is not just overindulging. If you have this preconceived idea, take it, put it in your brain bin. We're done with that. Get rid of it. Bye-bye. So, according to the beateteatingdisorders.org, binge eating disorder is a serious mental illness where people experience a loss of control and eat large quantities of food on a regular basis. It can affect anyone of any age, gender or background. Now, People with binge eating disorder eat large quantities of food over a short period of time, called binging. BED is not about choosing to eat extra large portions, nor are people who suffer from it just overindulging. Far from it being enjoyable, binges are very distressing. Sufferers find it difficult to stop during a binge, even if they want to, and some people with BED have described feeling disconnected from what they're doing during a binge, or even struggling to remember what they've eaten afterwards. Now, the website goes on to say, binges may be planned, like a ritual, and can involve the person buying special binge foods, or they may be more spontaneous. People may go to extreme lengths to access food, for example, eating discarded food or stealing food. Many things may trigger a binge eating episode, but commonly they occur when a person is feeling uncomfortable or negative emotions such as sadness, anger or loneliness. Binge eating usually takes place in private, though the person may eat regular meals outside their binges. People with binge eating disorder may also restrict their diet or put in certain dietary rules around food. This can also result in them binge eating due to hunger and feelings of deprivation. Now, that also occurs when people are on diets such as Slimming World and Weight Watchers because you binge on the certain foods because you've been depriving them all week and then once you've weighed, you go, oh, I'm going to do this now because, because I can, because the rules don't count now. Story time. So, um, I've experienced anorexia and I have also experienced binge eating disorder. Now, they are both two very serious and dangerous mental illnesses surrounding food, but one is always treated more seriously than the other. With anorexia, more often than not, if you have a body that looks like you've got an eating disorder, you will be more likely to be snapped up for help. Now, this is in no way saying that people with anorexia get better help. I'm not saying that. They probably don't. Now, I was never given help because I had a body that was 10 stone, which for my height was completely acceptable. Um, But I was starving myself, not eating, being unhappy, my period stopped. So, you know, again, 
we should never judge what a body looks like. Now, when I've experienced binge eating disorder, I did very much treat it like a ritual. It would be a case of go to the shops, buy the good food, the favourite food, the chosen food, and bring it back to my bedroom and then just eat it. Eat. Eat, eat, eat. Until it hurts, you know? And then even then going, well, I can fit more food in. Because for me, it was very much a punishment. It was like, I'm not worthy of love and life and happiness, so I'm just going to eat to make this feeling go away. And of course, the feeling never did go away. The feeling never does go away. But eventually, I've managed to learn to have a more healthy relationship with food. Just about. We're getting there. It's a long process, okay? Now, going back to the Beats Eating Disorder website, we've got some quotes here. What's it like to have BED? I spent all my time thinking about food. I even woke up at night thinking about it. Um, Of course, these are all anonymous. Uh, Another one. Sometimes I just feel that I've lost all control, that nothing in the world can feel as bad as I do after I binge. Then I just start worrying about my weight. It never goes away. And then finally, it was in my late 20s and early 30s that I started to feel my weight was getting a little out of hand. I was constantly in a state of flux, with my weight going up and down with periods of control and high self-esteem. This was punctuated by bouts of blue moods and self-loathing, mainly for allowing my weight to creep up. It wasn't until my late 30s that I'd had enough of the constant battle I had with my weight, body image and how I thought of myself. I made a decision one day after a binge that I'd had enough, and so my road to recovery began. It was a long road, and it was this journey that made me finally believe that things can change and that my life will not be dictated to me by my eating disorder. There have been plenty of ups and downs, all following patterns of stresses in my life. I might have times when I want to go back to the old me, and I might still do it, but I'm aware of how and why I'm doing it, and I can fight with a healthier mental attitude and no more self-punishment. Now, of course, these are incredibly sad, but it is a reality for a lot of people. But of course, because we have a lot of medical fat phobia in in doctor surgeries, etc., etc., people will go for help and they will turn around and go, eh, have you just stopped not eating as much? Because again, people are not taken as seriously if they are in bigger bodies. And what does Sydney say to that? Sydney says, that's bullshit! Test, 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 test. Now, when it comes to, you know, recovering from binge eating disorder it's incredibly difficult because um the help isn't out there a lot for people and you know uh, the waiting list to see a dietitian or just see someone to help you can be incredibly long on the nhs but something that i learned um through research and other friends on instagram shout out to you cuties is um having binge foods in the house is is quite a good thing to do once you're ready because you realize that they're in the house but you don't have to eat them you can be comfortable around them. Also to not cut out the binge foods completely, because then you do that, you're just going to encourage another binge. So, you know, if your binge food is crisps, it's okay to eat crisps. It's okay to still have them in your life. It's just learning to work around them in a healthy way, you know? I would like to just say now, of course, I'm not a medical professional. I'm, I'm not even a professional, not even a semi-professional. I've got a plaque on my desk that says in charge of fuck all. However, if you listen to this and you think you may have binge eating disorder or any type of eating disorder, I cannot help you in a medical sense. I am not qualified to do that. However, I can help you by putting you in the right direction if you have nowhere or have no idea where to go. So just, you know, drop me an email. It's absolutely fine. My email is on my website, which is kindnessoverclothesize.com. You can leave a little message on there and I will help you with any sources I think are appropriate. But I'm not a professional. Please remember that. In charge of fuck all.
I would also like you to know that because this microphone is very unpredictable, I do have to go testy test test before I start talking so that I can sort the levels out. Also, I'm in the hottest room of this house. The windows are closed and the fan is off and I live next to a train line. So I'm really hot. I just want you to know that. That is a sacrifice I make. Test, testing, testy, test, test. So we, we've got a brief overview of what binge eating disorder is and what it looks like. But just so you've got some statistics. Um, in the UK alone, it's very common and there are more than one million cases per year in the UK for binge eating disorder. Okay. Um, treatment from medical professional is advised. That's great. Show me the easy way in. Doesn't require lab testing or imaging. Again, thank you. Very useful. Common for ages 18 to 35. Now, I think that's I think that's just like a, a general dump of information because I've seen people who are a lot younger than that have a binge eating disorder and people a lot older not even knowing what it is having it, you know, having emotional stress in their lives and just coping any way they can. It's also more common in females, but that is not to say that males do not... Um, I forgot what I was saying then. Not to say that males don't get it, it's just apparently more common in females. But again, that goes down to females actually reporting that they have it, because men do tend to keep these things close to them. It's also, um, it can be based on your family history, may increase the likelihood. So there are your facts. They are from Focus Medica, if you would like to look them up. So yeah, it's very much a serious illness that we need to look at and we need to help people instead of just throwing people under the bus and going, oh, you're lazy, oh, you have no control. It's a lot more than that. Speaking from experience, it's so much more than that. And we need to help people. Okay? Are you still with me, kids? Let's go. Let's look at intuitive eating. Now, this is something that pops up a lot on Instagram as this stylish, oh, look what I'm doing. I'm so fancy. Um, and it's become a bit of a, um, a bit of a trend which is fine, you know, whatever, but it is not a weight loss plan. It is not a diet. I mean, it's a diet as in like it's what you eat, but different kind of diet. It's not a diet plan. Okay, so intuitive eating is a philosophy that rejects traditional dieting and calls for listening to your body's own cues to decide what, when, and how much to eat. Now, I looked at intuitive eating after I wanted to stop or, you know, control my binge eating disorder. And I looked at it and I went, this is a good idea. Now, it's very difficult because with intuitive eating, it gets you to reject all those ideas that you've got about food and just to go on your hunger cues. But also, it's about recovering with those foods that you found triggering or, you know, you wanted to eat all of. And it's kind of like that thing of people will look at it and go, oh, so basically you can eat as much cake as you want. I guess, yeah. You know, because if you have got an eating disorder or if you've been on such a rigorous diet and you decide you, you want out of that... To start with, all you are going to want to eat is those foods. All you're going to want to eat is crisps and cake and chocolate. And that's fine because you've got to realise that intuitive eating is not a weight loss plan. So, you know, for the first few weeks, maybe in the first few months, you're, all you're going to want to eat is all that shit. You know, OK, not shit. It's not shit food. Food is not good and bad. You know what I mean. If you eat enough broccoli, it's not going to be healthy for you. If all you eat is broccoli, it's not going to be healthy for you. I've gone off on a tangent. Back to the point. The point is... You're going to want to eat that kind of food. And that's fine because eventually your brain and your body are going to go, whoa, what's going on here, Brian? This is far too much sugar. We would like some greens, please. But eventually it'll get you into the idea of going, hmm, I fancy this piece of cake. You eat that piece of cake. You are satisfied. You can move on with your day, you know, because a lot of people when they're dieting, they go, oh, 
I really fancy a donut. I'm going to eat this donut-flavoured yoghurt. I'm going to eat this donut-flavoured protein bar. I'm going to eat this donut-flavoured dust. Fuck it, I'm just going to eat the donut. If you just eat the donut in the first place, you're satisfied, you can move on with your day. Of course, that is a very difficult thing to, to come to terms with, and it's taken me years, but it can happen. Now, um, I'm reading these facts off of goodhousekeeping.com, which is, uh, for the most part, a bollocks website, because the next subtitle is... Um, can I lose weight? Um, and then the short answer is no. But then they go on to say, well, I guess you can. No, don't think of it as weight loss because that's not going to help you. Now, it says here, what exactly is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating started with Evelyn Triboli, two registered dietitians. What? Oh, no, there's two of them. Anyway, ah, yes, here we go. Intuitive eating started with Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch, two registered dietitians who championed the lifestyle in the 90s. The philosophy rejects traditional weight loss diets that promote restriction and deprivation of any type. Again, de deprivation and restriction of any type and encourages you to truly get in touch with how hungry you are or how satisfied you are in any given moment and then use that information to inform how, what and when you eat. It includes 10 core principles. One, reject the diet mentality. Yes. Two, honour your hunger. Yes. Three, make peace with food. That's the good stuff. Four, challenge the food police. Five, respect your fullness. That is something that I still struggle with, and that's okay. Six, discover the satisfaction factor. Seven, honour your feelings without using food. That one's a bit of a dodgy one, because you can still use food to honour your feelings, but not in a bingy kind of way, you know. Eight, respect your body. Nine, Exercise and feel the difference. You know, exercising for you, not for that. Ten, honour your health. Now, I think that one is a little bit um, problematic because health is not the core of everything. Because once again, some people can have the best diet in the world and eat all the good things and still be chronically ill. So their health isn't top form. So we can pretend that one doesn't really exist, but that's fine. So the, the next one is, does intuitive eating work for weight loss? This is a tough one to answer because intuitive eating is not, I repeat not, a weight loss promising diet of any type, nor is it a prescriptive eating plan. And then it says, this being said, it's also highly unlikely that you'll gain weight either. That is very misleading because if you are recovering from an eating disorder and you decide to go with intuitive eating, you may very well put on weight. But that's okay because you want to be a happier, healthier, in moderation, we use that word, you. There is a section, however, in this article from Good Housekeeping that says, um, what does it say? How do I get started with intuitive eating? And they are quite positive. Uh, number one is stop judging food as good or bad. Now, this is something I keep saying because it's incredibly important. Once again, if you eat one chocolate bar, you will not be unhealthy. However, if you eat one head of broccoli, you're not going to be a health god. So, yeah, stop judging food as good or bad. Attributing value to the food you eat is ultimately the way you give food too much power. Remember that. No food in isolation can make or break your health. Number two says eat consistently. Have a snack or meal every three to four hours. That includes protein, fibre and fat. Eh. Okay. If you don't want to eat constantly, don't eat constantly. That could be quite a hard thing for some people, you know. Some, di some days you're like, I will eat three meals a day and some snacks. Some days you eat some quavers for breakfast, go seven hours and go, shit, I'm hungry. What happened, you know? So, yeah. And then it's like, get enough sleep. That's common sense, but some sometimes we can't get enough sleep, you know? Stay hydrated. I think that's important full stop, isn't it? You know, you, you're supposed to drink stuff, you know, don't drink gasoline, 
don't drink vinegar, drink a bit of water. They're rules to live by, I think, in daily life. And then it says restrict restriction. I like that. If weight loss diets had an effect that lasted for life, then wouldn't those things have worked by now? The principle make peace with food is a better mindset. Sometimes you may want to avoid a specific food based on the situation, like eating a big cheeseburger right before you board the roller coaster. So consider choosing the food you eat based on how you want to feel before, during and after the mealtime. I guess that works. Don't eat a cheeseburger right before, you know, getting on a roller coaster. But also, I think that one is very much down to interpretation because, you know, sometimes I want to feel like crap after I've eaten three bars of chocolate. You know, sometimes I just want that. Sometimes I want that. That's okay. Well. My friends, that is the very, very much the basics of what binge eating disorder is and what intuitive eating is. Now, like I said, I have experienced binge eating disorder. It's not nice. It's not fun. I still have moments and that's fine because recovery is not linear. And I've also used intuitive eating for the last, you know, six to eight months and I'm really comfortable with it. So, you know, again, have a little research yourself because you never know what you will learn my little chickens. But we are not done because today, post-nap, that's right, I'm 24, I nap. Oh, just knocked the microphone. I'm 24, I nap, that's okay. And I read a wonderful article about our best friend Boris Johnson. Now, we all know that Boris Johnson, the walking scrotum that he is, has no idea what he's doing, um, RE virus. We're not we're not a virus podcast, we won't mention the name of it, but we all know that he's catastrophically done a terrible job. Now, um, this article says diet plans prescribed in Boris Johnson's war on obesity. GPs will prescribe Weight Watchers diet plans to overweight patients as part of measures to tackle obesity. The government will ban junk food adverts before 9pm and menus will have to have calories on. The government will ban junk food ads before the 9pm watershed on television and consult on plans to ban it outright online. Now, this is bollocks. If you do this, you will just make people develop disordered eating. Now, I know that sounds like a stretch, but if you start putting calories on menus, you're going to have a kid go, Mummy, what are these numbers next to these? And Mummy's going to go, oh, darling, uh, that's how much you should and shouldn't eat. So um, don't eat that because you're going to get fat. And then that's going to be the worst thing about you when you grow up and people are going to hate you. Now, I know I've probably paraphrased that, but I'm sure that Karen will say that to her child, Matilda. Anyway... Um, Boris then said, like many people, I struggle with my weight. I go up and down. But since I recovered from... I've been steadily building up my fitness. When I went into the ICU when I was really ill, I was way overweight. I'm not a doctor. I am sure that they know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. But I've also seen a lot of things saying that obesity does not necessarily correlate with the deaths. But again, not a doctor. However, these things are ridiculous. Because, you know... Oh yeah, let's just prescribe people a weight, weight Watchers plan. Let's just tell them to diet. Let's just tell them to exercise. You've been doing this for years and it has not helped the population. It, it's, it's, it's always been the advice. I just sounded like Boris then. I'm a dickhead. Sorry, I really don't like Boris Johnson. I don't know if you can tell Jeremy Corbyn forever. But yeah, you know, doctors have told people for years, oh, you need to lose weight because you'll be healthier and you won't die of other illnesses. And it hasn't worked. You know, you want people to be healthy, educate them, be kind to them, tell them what's the what the what's the crack. Tell them what the crack is. Don't just go. Here's a Weight Watchers plan. Off your fuck. It's not gonna help anyone. But yeah, what have we learned from this this fucking awful article? We have learned don't put calories on menus. 
because you're just gonna you're just gonna start a wave of people with disordered eating. Don't don't put adverts after nine pm for junk food because then you're just gonna give people the mentality that it's really bad and it's just as bad as showing underage people other things. It's not. It's food. Start the education around food young. Teach kids when they're young. Food is not good. Food is not bad. Food is neutral. You know, it's not fucking difficult. Well, clearly it is because we haven't done it. But you know what I mean. It's not difficult. Start doing it. So, um, just we've actually got a word from Boris Johnson about this. So, um, Boris, what do you think about all of this? That uh, the best, the best, the best answer I can I can give is that I, I, of course, I've been. Uh, yes. Just as I thought, absolutely fucking useless. Thank you so much, Boris. Really, really good to have you. My lovely chickens, it's been wonderful as always. Thank you for listening to me rambling and educating and talking a little bit of bollocks. Um, Next week's podcast is going to be a surprise. I'll tell you for why. I don't know what I'm doing yet, but I like to keep it spicy. Now, if you would like to follow me, I would be very, very grateful. My Instagram is at kindness over clothes size it's in my banner at the top on soundcloud and my website is kindnessoverclothesize.com you can subscribe to the website get uh, blog posts sent to your email get notified when i post a cheeky podcast and you can find my instagram post there so yes thank you very much and you will hear from me soon if diet culture has your brainwash clap your hands if you've suffered from white stigma clap your hands If you're sick of weight loss tales and looking down upon the scales If diet culture has your brainwash, clap your hands